Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. We have a fun episode where today we're going to get a hands-on review with David's iPhone 13 Pro Max, and we're going to give you our recommendations of what iPhone 13 to buy if you're in the market. Yes. Uh, This is the first time David has gone for a max-sized iPhone, and he (laughs) pretty much said he never did, so I I never would, so I basically don't know who you are anymore. I also don't know who (laughs) I am anymore, but stay tuned, and we'll we'll do a journey of (laughs) self-discovery. Yes. But first, David's going to tell us about our sponsor for this episode. So today's sponsor is OWC, Otherworld Computing. And last, it's a funny timing because last episode I talked about my love of hubs. And today <laughs> I'm going to tell you about OWC's hubs because they actually have, in my opinion, the best hubs in the industry. They have a wide range of them. So first let's talk about what hubs are. Uh, hubs are with USB-C, Mac, and Apple devices. So that would be the iPads and your Mac products. Uh, you can have hubs now where you can plug a whole bunch of things into this hub so it has a bunch of ports and then all you need to do is you plug one USB-C cable from that hub into your computer and it'll give you everything. So suddenly you can have, like how I have my setup at the office, I have a keyboard, I have a mouse, I have my wire, my Ethernet, I have a... Um, what's it called, um, little camera on top of my computer, all of that gets docked right away into my Mac with one cable, and that a hub allows you to do that. OWC has the best line of hubs, and they actually have just updated their hubs with this really cool new one that allows you to have four Thunderbolt cable, four, four, four Thunderbolt <laughs> ports all at the same time. And so that is for somebody who really wants to have a professional-grade setup. If you have multiple monitors, uh, it supports up to 8K for each of the monitors. Really awesome. It's, it also works with the M1 uh, chip, so you can have it for all your new Macs. So check them out. They have a really wide range of hubs, and I really recommend if you have an iPad or a Mac that you get one, uh, you can go to its macsales.com and check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yes. And next, I want to tell you about our daily tip newsletter. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can get a one-minute tip in your inbox each day that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone. And of course, right now is a really awesome time to do this because this is, first of all, a free, completely free newsletter. And right now, we're sending you iOS 15 tips. So every day, you learn something like a new tip or trick of what you can do with your iPhone with its new features, which is really amazing. Uh, And one of the tips we ran this week was how to FaceTime with an Android or Windows user because that's one of the new iOS 15 features. Really cool. Yeah. I would say this is the feature I'm hearing most of my friends and family talk about that they're excited about and that's making a difference. Like I I think I mentioned last episode, my family um, has a Sunday standing like coffee date on zoom (laughs) so they now switch to facetime because of this feature and uh on sunday they used it and this is a in terms of a tip of how to do this it's not like a setting you have to turn on once you update to ios 15 this will just work um you do have like some new options when you open up facetime now so i'll walk you through how to do that um but the cool thing about it is that for people who don't have an iphone they just um, they get like a text message with a link and they open it up, whatever their default browser is, and they're in. You don't have to u- do a username oh, or password. Cool. It's extremely 
easy. So for someone like my grandma, who isn't that tech savvy, she can just, you know, tap the link in her text message and she's in. She doesn't have to do anything else. Mm -hmm. So um, how to initiate it. One thing to know is that as an Android or Windows user, you can't start a FaceTime call. You can only join one. I was wondering that. That makes sense, but that is a pretty big limitation. Yeah. So my grandma, who's on, you know, I think Windows, she can't be the one to start the call. But it is still pretty cool. Um, and you can create sort of an, a standing date with this FaceTime link because you generate a link, you send it out, and so they can have this same FaceTime for their every Sunday Oh, that's really nice. And um, and people on Windows and uh, Android can join that link at any time, even though they can't initiate it. So you just open the FaceTime app, tap New FaceTime, then you enter in who you want to invite to the FaceTime, and then uh, when you're adding a non-Apple contact, you'll choose Invite with Messages, whereas usually you would just say Start FaceTime or something like that. Um, there would be a button that would say that. So that's one way to do it. The other way is when you open up FaceTime, there's also an option that says create link and you can create a link there and you can send it out instead of just with messages, which is what the other option I just said gives you. You can send it out using like any communication app. So there'd be options for like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, like whatever you want to use to send that link. Mm -hmm. um, so those are those are the new FaceTime options. I think it would be fun for uh, you all to give it a try and let us know how you like it. You can email us at podcast at iphonelife.com to let us know how your cross-platform FaceTiming is going. Yeah, and I'd be <laughs> curious to hear also, are you switching? Have you been a Zoom user who's now switching to FaceTime? Or are there reasons why you're going to stick with Zoom or other platforms as what instead, even though we do now have this functionality. I mean, obviously, the major reason might be if you want somebody with a PC to be able to initiate a call. Uh, yeah. But it is really great that they've added this support. I, we'd love to hear from y'all. I wanted to take a, a moment to tell you about our premium subscription as well, because while our daily tip is great, you get a lot more when you sign up for iPhone Life Insider, which is our premium educational service for Apple users. We have a ton of content right now to help you master iOS 15. Instead of just getting a tidbit each day, which is great, you can get a really in-depth look at iOS 15 and also really easy to learn format. So we have a live online course that we're uh, featuring right now, and we also have an in-depth guide with um, downloadable PDFs and a and a series of videos that teach you how to use iOS 15. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you can take advantage of our 50% off promotion that we're running in celebration of iOS 15. This is really the best time of year to become an insider because we're it's cheaper than it ever is, and you also have content that we know you're going to really love right now. You also get an extra 10% off if you are a um, senior. We have a senior discount, and it also applies to service personnel, including veterans. Just to reemphasize that, this is the cheapest we ever offer it. If you yeah. are a longtime podcast listener, or if you're new and you're thinking about it, you will never get it cheaper than right now. The deal is going to expire soon, so make sure you act on it. In addition to our amazing iOS 15 guide with the step-by-step -step video tutorials, the printable PDF, uh, the class, we also have an upcoming iPad OS class and we're going to have an upcoming mac os guide so really this is the time of year both in terms of the price and also you need to learn all of these new operating systems and we're here to help you with each of them 
Yeah, so iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Okay, cool. So um, we had some comments from listeners too that we wanted to read. So we have, a, the, after this, we promise we will get into our main theme of, of talking about David's iPhone 13 Pro Max. Uh, but I wanted to read these out. Okay. Marianne wrote in, said, you discussed the upcoming privacy changes for the iPhones on a recent podcast, and I thought you would like to read this. What would happen if I didn't update to iOS 15 just in case they reverse their decision? Updates usually have security enhancements, not privacy invasions. Thank you. I look forward to hearing your opinions. I love the podcast. Thank you very much, Marianne. Oh, thank you, Marianne. Thanks, Marianne. Thank you for listening. So Marianne sent a link to an Edward Snowden article. We act, It's actually something that we referenced in a recent podcast, um, or, or maybe it was in a magazine article about Apple's uh, planned child protection program that would scan photos on your phone to look for uh, children to look for child pornography. Mm-hmm. And Apple has stalled this plan because of a bunch of um, security experts and the general public being really worried about what Apple could be building there um, that even if it's used for a good cause in this case, it would be building the capability to basically like mass surveillance yeah. all iPhone users. And that's what people are worried about. Again, it's more complicated than that. Like the way that Apple built it would be very targeted to just scan for certain things and not be just like at will looking through all of your photos. Um, we we have gotten feedback from listeners that it is pretty nuanced and that the, the – um, technology behind it we may not have just like really gotten into as um thoroughly as we would like to but regardless there are also a lot of different opinions out there but a lot of people are concerned about this it would be building a capability that has not previously been there and so apple has at least stalled the plan we don't know what's going to happen it's something that we will be following with you all in the in the next in the next reader <laughs> comment, they actually recommend a podcast that goes into more depth than we can do at this time. If you are interested in it, we did cover it in a recent episode that we'll link to as well. Mm-hmm. But the question at hand now is: Okay, Apple has reversed their decision. They said they will not be pursuing these child protection features at the moment. Marianne is saying, "What if they change their mind and they do decide to do that in the future? Should she avoid updating?" to iOS 15 in case they change their mind and they start monitoring her phone. Yeah. And I think the answer, unfortunately, Marianne, is that it's not a very sustainable solution because... Not updating is not. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you could uh, delay updating for a while, but over time, there's going to be a lot of bug fixes, security fixes. Your phone is going to become less and less secure over time and if you just commit to never updating your operating system again for fear of apple surveilling you um i think that you are going to put your phone at risk your user experience will certainly be impacted so i think unfortunately it's probably not the best solution for you um while i do understand and share your your concerns about security uh, or privacy, the security risks are also a concern. Also, I don't know how Apple's planning on implementing it, but it is possible that they will be able to implement it without an iOS update. <laughs> In other words, you might not actually be protecting yourself from this privacy concern, while also you're going to be really limiting your experience with Apple products. So in my opinion, if you are concerned about this, the best way to handle it 
it's more of a company policy thing and be be an advocate for security, uh, be a vocal advocate for towards Apple as opposed to impacting your own personal iOS experience, which probably won't have the desired outcome and will really not be fun for you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's complicated. <laughs> I think that, you know, there have been other um, security you, – you mentioned here updates usually have security enhancements, not privacy invasions, with that, which I thought was well put. But the thing is, like, the updates include both. There have been also recent security breaches that have been patched yeah. with the updates. So it's like if you're staying back on older oper- versions of the operating system, you're also, like, more vulnerable to security holes that have been patched now with the updates. So it's like you're – it's like that's a majorly mixed bag. You're also missing out on new features. Um, you know, a lot of these new features, like the FaceTime across uh, Apple and non-Apple devices, isn't going to work well with I- unless you're on iOS 15. Actually, like with the family call recently, um, one, someone who was still on iOS 14, when they tried to join FaceTime, it took them to a browser instead of letting them use the FaceTime oh, app, which like it was fine. It still worked. But in general, like you're going to have a lot of annoying annoying problems by holding back and you're you might even be worse off security wise yeah and and i don't even know that you're going to be protecting yourself against apple's plans if they change their mind and you fast forward years and years and how long do you go before updating operating systems it's going to be tricky yeah and the fact that apple did stall this it does show that they have some level of respect for people's concerns and so i'm hoping that they they come up with a solution that we'll be happy with yes but you're you know that is a big if we'll see <laughs> um okay we had one more comment from a listener david mentioned that it includes a podcast recommendation so i just wanted to share that with you monday morning i was listening to your podcast episode 130 165 yes on overcast david i loved that (laughs) it just shows how well this listener knows you (laughs) oh just as a side note overcast is a podcast app uh it's one i i hate apple's built-in podcast app and it's the one i use overcast i've talked about it for years and i have it actually coming up i'm gonna talk about something about it coming up soon so stay tuned for that but that was that was funny thank you for paying attention to my podcast recommendations (laughs) (laughs) yeah you reviewed and discussed apple's features in the fight against child pornography and trafficking interestingly enough just prior to that i listened to a podcast on the same topic topic from the new york times called the daily i found their podcast reviewed the mechanics in more detail if you've not heard the podcast i'd recommend it and hope your future podcasts expand the explanations as the discussion continues this was a a show that aired on the 20th of august so i'll link to that in our show notes as well at um iphonelife.com slash podcast but thank you for writing in that's um i'll definitely be checking out that episode yeah i also love the daily and it's exactly for things like this whenever um there's a topic that is pretty nuanced and you need to kind of understand deeper picture the daily does a really bless you does a really good job of going deep and exploring it in a way that if you're just sort of reason browsing facebook and seeing the headlines you don't necessarily get that level of in-depth reporting so i love the daily i hadn't listened to that one i will yes okay cool so let's get into our main theme what we also have some app and gear recommendations we'll do that after this discussion so 
I wanted just to start out with talking about the Pro Max because I can't wait any longer, David, <laughs> to hear about your experiences because okay. I really thought this day would never come. And Donna's been asking me all week, and I keep being like, well, don't spoil the podcast, Donna. <laughs> yeah. So we she really to, has. We like, have yeah. the conversations too much. <laughs> we keep it fresh for you all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What, what do you want to know first? Well, first of all, the size because okay. I feel like that's been your biggest issue is you're worried you couldn't put it in your pocket. Yeah. You kind of let's be honest, like made fun of people for having huge phones. <laughs> oh man, you're so really how are you calling me out here. It? Well, I was feeling better until you called me out. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm loving the bigger size. Really? I love it. Okay, so part of why I changed my mind is I had a friend who had the Max and I would sometimes put their phone in my pocket uh, if they need me to carry it and it was not that bad. It's not, obviously the smaller size is easier, more, more portable. portable. Yeah. Um, my other major concern, which I mean, I think we need to stay tuned because people who I've talked to have had the Max. I really like did a survey of everyone I knew who had the Max <laughs> and really did a deep soul searching on this. Uh, and they said over time, uh, the annoyances actually can get more frustrating, not less. Uh, so the other major concern is like, if those watching, my thumb can't reach across the screen very well. It's just a large screen. It really requires two hands to use this device. Mm-hmm. And I use my try to use my phone one-handed pretty frequently. So part of this was just accepting the reality that I had to give up on that. But also, <laughs> when doing my soul-searching, I'm like, those times, are they times that I should be using my phone? When I'm one-handed, it's usually like I'm trying to carry a bag of groceries and text somebody at the same time. Or like... I don't know, do like walk through the store carrying a shopping cart and look at my phone. Those are moments where really I should probably wait until I have two hands. I probably don't need to be on my phone in those moments. So <laughs> it sort of forces me to wait until I can actually uh, not be as addicted to my phone. Uh, we'll see Do how. Do you ever it... use that reachability feature? No, I hate I it. I actually, I need to like turn that off because I, I trigger it by accident. I actually it. don't remember how to trigger it anymore because I've like m- have a mental block around. It. I don't know how to do it on purpose. <laughs> you I just, only just every yeah, once in a while. It. Yeah. No, I never use reachability. Um, it does require two hands, but the screen is so beautiful. It's so large. I was gonna say it does look really nice. And I've just found that OLED display. Yeah. Like, and the nice big size, like you could probably watch a movie on that and like enjoy it you know yeah i don't i'm not, not such a would. watch a movie on my phone guy um but i <laughs> i mean part of it is i love that that's like a type of guy in your mind <laughs> yeah. i feel like it is a type it of guy is my dad is that the guy. watch a movie dude <laughs> yeah i do watch football on my phone sometimes i'm not okay. gonna lie and part of my decision was that it's that i used to always have my ipad in bed like if whenever i'm like just at the end of the night just browsing mm-hmm. online whatever i'd use my ipad and i've just gotten out of the habit of it so i was doing it on my phone And I've also gotten in the habit of doing a little bit more work on my phone. Like in the morning when I get up, I'll check Google Analytics. I'll check like all of our little metric things. I'll check my email. And having a bigger screen really does matter. I'm really enjoying that. Also, we'll talk about this when we talk about the 13 versus the 11 and the 12. But it's a really beautiful screen. So, okay, the big size so far... I, I actually, as soon as I bought it, I don't know if I told you this, I regretted it instantly, and I like was stressed <laughs> out about getting this new phone for like two weeks, but I'm, I'm loving it. Okay, so when you say comparing the screen to the 11 and 12, uh, what about it is better than the 11 and 12? So getting into the, moving away from max versus the smaller phone size and getting into the difference between 13 versus 11 and 12, this is, I think, one of the, the biggest differences that I'm pleasantly surprised by 
is the screen. Uh, because I already had an OLED display, you and I talk about how much we love the OLED display. This has, it's called, I think, oh, I'm going to forget the name of the feature. Do you remember the name of the feature? It's like... Uh, promotion? Promotion. Yeah. Thank you. It has ProMotion, which is basically mm. 120 refresh rate versus 60 refresh rate. Uh, and is one of those features where we talked about it and we weren't, you kind of have to have a hands-on experience to tell, do you notice? Do you care? Is it better? I am shocked by how much I notice. Oh, no. How beautiful the display is, how fluid it is. Combining that with the faster processor, it's like really noticeably faster, not just in the sense of like the processor loads things faster, but it's so responsive to my touch. Uh, like if I'm like, for example, today, I just switched. I was having doing research for a hotel. I was switching back and forth between like three apps, uh, doing like the bottom side swipe thing and just how fluid it switches back and forth between them, how quickly uh, it responds when I try to tap on something. It's noticeable in a way I didn't expect it to. Uh, and I think and I had to look into is this true? And I think it is from the new display the colors seem better. Like the contrast is better. It's just a really beautiful display coupled with the larger display. I'm like loving it. Okay. This is making me really sad because <laughs> I decided to get the iPhone 13. Oh no. Which I did not feel conflicted about at the time of purchase, but now I'm feeling worse about because I think promotion is the one feature. I put this in my magazine editor's message that I was like, that's the one feature that I may live to regret my, this decision because it's one of those things that, um, similar to when Apple switched to the OLED displays, I didn't know that I would care about until you start using it. And yeah. like having a really nice display makes such a big difference in your user experience. And then whenever you like pick up an older phone, you're like, why does this look so bad? Yeah. Or like I have one of the basic iPads and I'll be like, this sucks. Because you get really used to that nice, um, nice experience, especially like the one thing I thought with promotion though is Apple really hyped up the gaming experience that it gives you. Like it's like real time motion in games, and I'm like, I'm not a gamer, so maybe I won't care, but I probably will. I think <laughs> it's one of those things that you probably won't know what you're missing. Yeah, because uh, the screen's already beautiful, and and it's again, it's the combination of the larger screen, the better screen, and the faster processor all wrapped up into one. Yeah, and I'm upgrading from the 11 pro, which has just gotten a little bit slow. And so it's all of it combined, but it is a really beautiful, like I, I'm surprised how much I notice it for sure. Yeah. Overall, my experience so far has been that it's, it's similar to what we talked about, which is Apple this year did not add any really crazy new exciting features. And no. so it was a little bit, the update felt a little ho-hum, but what they did do were all the things that really matter for core usage. And I'm finding myself really appreciating that even more than I expected. So hmm. the screen we talked about, the battery life, and the faster processor. Those three things, that's what a phone is for, you know? <laughs> and like those are the three most important things and I'm noticing all of them and really enjoying them. Like my phone, again, I have a bigger phone which means I have a longer battery either way, but I wasn't making it through the day. Yeah. With the 11, and I had an 11 Pro. It's not like I was on an iPhone 6 or something. Now, I mean, it's like I end the day and I'm on like 75% battery. It's like I could Whoa. conceivably go two days without charging my phone. So and the battery – yeah, and the battery life in the Pro is by far the best. Yeah, but they claim they added – I think it's between an hour and a half and two and a half hours of battery life per charge. Um, 
but also it's like if you're coming that's from the 12 but if you're coming from the 11 it's really night and day like up to 28 hours of video playback that's pretty 28 hours of video playback is wild then that makes sense like i'm making it through two days without charging my phone now i do i am in the habit of charging my phone at night so i i don't typically do that but i used to like i don't know if this would happen to you but like because i didn't have a magsafe charger I would sometimes not align it right on the like Qi wireless charger, and then I would wake up in the morning and my phone would be like ten percent, and I know, I'd just be screwed I hate all day. And I'd be like, I have to travel today; I'm just screwed. So now, if for some reason, if I'm camping or some reason I can't charge my phone at night, you're fine. And I lo- like the amount of stress at the end of the night when I'm trying to do a bunch of things and my phone's trying to die on me is really nice to move away from. So those are the things I've noticed that have been the real positives. Yeah. The screen, the processor is so lightning fast. It's crazy. Um, I haven't – we don't live in a town with 5G yet, so I look forward to experiencing 5G. You have 5G. yet to test that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing that is less of a uh, positive so far, but I haven't experimented too much, the camera. The cinematic mode. I haven't found I've used it yet. I've experimented with a little, and I was like, oh. That's kind of cool. But that wasn't a, like, I need a nicer phone for it Yeah, It was sort of like, I don't know if I will ever use it. If I do, it'll probably be just because I geek out and mess around, not because, oh, my God, this is a really life-changing new feature. And it has a, you know, instead of a 4X zoom, it has a 6X zoom, which seemed nice. I haven't really used it that much. I took a – I was at a wedding, and I took a bunch of photos at sunset, and I was kind of surprised that they didn't turn out better. I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? Um, the whole new, like, because they have this whole new thing where you can, like, customize your photo oh, profile. Oh, the photographic scenes, was yeah, it? Yeah, and or, I, yeah. like, didn't, I didn't even do it. They asked me how I wanted to customize it. I'm like, I don't know. So I just kept it with standard. But then it sort of felt like they were doing a lot of extra photo processing in the background, and I didn't really know what they were doing and why. So some of it is I think we need to check back in. Talk to me because I just haven't taken a lot of photos yet. So we'll check back in on the camera. I think it is definitely – I believe them that it's a much nicer camera. The The 6X optical zoom will be appreciated by me. I probably will sometimes hmm. use the cinematic mode. But so far in my experience, that hasn't been a game changer. Um, but I am loving my new Pro Max. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious. I like. I feel like the cinematic mode – and the macro mode, which they also have with the Pro Max. Which I'm um, excited to try. Yeah, it seems cool, but it does seem a little bit more, like less of like an everyday feature that you're going to love. Like if you happen to be a content creator, maybe you'll use it a lot. Or if you happen to be creating some sort of like cool family video that you want to have higher production value on, like it'll be cool. <laughs> oh, but yeah. it's like, it does seem like maybe... What, like I would use cinematic mode like once a year maybe or something? We'll see. I do yeah. – I mean th- that's the question for me is, yeah, if you happen to be doing some fun thing where you're doing an interview or pretending to make a movie or something, yeah. But will I use it in my like day-to-day like family videos? Because I do record a lot of videos and will I use that mode and will it help me is a sort of a let's check back in in a couple months feeling. Yeah, because it's a feature too just to – for people who are, maybe aren't aware, it's like portrait mode for video. Yeah, so it you. does blur out um, everything except for your subject and it will – choose for you automatically what your subject is so i could see actually turning it off if you're catching some sort of family video because what if it doesn't 
focus on the right thing and then you end up having like blurred out what you were trying to get a video yeah. of so it's one of those things some of it will depend on like how well it was done whether or not you want to even like chance using that when you're trying to capture something like you know your kid's piano recital or whatever and you don't want to like end up blurring out your kid <laughs> like, i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> i will say that i am also because i'm upgrading from the 11 pro benefiting from a lot of the features from the 12 like the lidar I have noticed better low light photography, which I'm mm. appreciating. And I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the 11 Pro offered low light photography on selfies. Mm. And now it does. It certainly is better if it offered it before. And I don't think it did. So I'm really appreciating just, the, you end up taking a lot of photos in low light situations. And the fact that it, it improves it is really nice. Night mode. Uh, the 11 Pro didn't have night mode portraits. I don't know if that's the same as. The I think it's much saying. improved. Yeah. But I'm not sure exactly the details because um, it's hard to keep track when you're spanning multiple generations. But my the camera is better. I don't yeah. want it. My point is I don't want to knock the camera. It is noticeably better. It's just that the the feature of like cinematic mode. <laughs> bless you. And it's allergy season it's here allergies. in Iowa. I'm so really bear with a, us. Yeah. They harvest the corn if we want to get into it right around now. And, and <laughs> both Don and I, our allergies go crazy and there's not a lot we can do. No. Anyway. Claritin's not cutting it. Claritin but anyways, carrying on. <laughs> so we've got a good basis now what the iPhone 13 Pro Max has to offer. But what I want to do is for those of you who are sort of been waiting to figure out whether to upgrade to one of the new iPhone 13 uh options to talk about which one we recommend buying depending on what device you're on now because mm -hmm. i think a lot of like our, our recommendation will depend on what you have now yes more so than in past years yes because it's like more you know an iteration of past devices there's nothing that groundbreaking like can would you agree david across the board that if you have like an iphone 12 line just skip this year i've been wrestling with this i mean okay. uh, Definitely the pros. Because does that remind me, does the iPhone 12 have OLED? I feel like it does not. The iPhone 12. As opposed to the 12 Pro. Let's, let's double check this. Um, so as you're checking this, I'll keep talking. Um, yes. So I think that if you have a 12 Pro or Pro Max, you will benefit from the newer, pro the faster processor, the better battery life. But it's such an incremental update that you're going to have a hard time justifying it. And the camera features are nice, but again, nothing is enough of an update, enough of an update to make you want to upgrade. In my opinion, I think that if you have the 12 Pros, I have a hard time because I, I almost always tell everyone to update because it's just the newer phones are just always better. And this is true, but I think you probably don't need to. But... Let me at, place a caveat there because a lot of people try to game the system and when the 13 Pros come out, the, they say, now I will go buy a 12 Pro, and I hate that. I think that if you are buying a new phone, get the 13 line. It, it'll, it's better than the 12. It'll last longer. Mm. Um, so I do think that in that case, you should. Like you would recommend getting a 12 Pro instead of just the base iPhone 13? No, no I'm, you I'm saying I recommend getting the 13 line if you're buying a phone. As but let's to the say line. you're choosing between the 13 and a 12 Pro. That is an interesting question. Because um, the Pro has, you know, in some ways superior features. I, I understand. Even though it's a year older. I think you're, I think you're future-proofing it. Because the other thing, now, this gets into a little bit less, like, 
feature trade-offs and more just economics, but um, phones depreciate in value over time. Mm -hmm. So yes, you're getting it for cheaper, but next year it'll be worth less. So I don't think it's a good trade-off for you. I think that the 13 Pro, if you buy it now, will ha retain resale value next year, and you end up, you know, if you look at what you bought it for and sold it for, you don't end up paying much more, if at all, than if you bought the 12 Pro this year and sold it the next year. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So that's part of it's, And again, it gives you the option to keep it for two years, whereas like in two years, if you bought the 12 Pro now, it's getting to be a pretty dated phone. Yeah. But yeah, I would like I would say that if you have a 12 line, because across the board, they do have the OLED display, by the way. Oh, OK. Cool. So that's already a really nice display. There aren't that many new features like Dave, like everything has been bumped up. That's important, like battery, you know, processor and the display quality. So there are things that are better about the 13 line. But I just don't feel like there's enough that if I was just, you know, if this wasn't like my in my job <laughs> yeah. to be using new phones that I, I feel like I would want to wait a year because next year there already are rumors of like more substantial changes. And I don't know that I feel like you need to update your phone every year anyway. Yeah. I mean, again, a lot of it comes down to that exact point. Are you somebody that likes to update your phone every year? What is your budget? Those are the sort of things yeah, that we're yeah. not going to advise you on because that's just personal preferences and your personal life situation. But I do agree that often when Apple releases an incremental update, which I think it's safe to say the iPhone 13 line is an incremental mm -hmm. over the 12, that the next year they do a big update. So that is, if you're someone who updates your phone every year, certainly you will benefit from this year. There's no reason to not update. But if you're somebody who doesn't update every year or is thinking through like the budget between this year and next year, there are, it is worth thinking about waiting. I also do think there's an argument to be made if you specifically have a job where you're a content creator, um, whether it's, you know, creating something more like actual, uh, you know, video, actual like, short films or something like that, or just marketing material or whatever, you might want to get the 13 if you're creating videos and you want to have the cinematic mode and also the, um, the night mode is better and like in general the sensors are bigger and let in more light so like you're gonna have a better camera with the 13 line it's so a lot that's the main thing i could setup. say yeah. yeah that's the main thing i could say that you could upgrade even if you have a 12 but i think if you have uh an 11 or earlier then i would say up upgrading is is worth it just because even after like two years your battery life really drops off and it starts yeah that alone can make you really want one of the new phones. I was getting ready to say, say the same thing, is I'm shocked at the difference because I still thought of my 11 Pro as being a pretty new phone that was like the latest and greatest, and I'm shocked at how much better the 13 Pro is. And like we were saying, it's just faster. It just, everything works better in a way that's hard to convey when you look at a feature lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the new features I am enjoying but more than that, I'm enjoying how well my phone works. It really works well. Yeah, and there's some satisfaction to that, like not having a lag when you're trying to do things or like weird glitches happening. Like it just feels good and, and a beautiful display. Um, but yeah, getting into then just the 13 line and what the trade-offs are of getting the diff of whether you want to go for the Pro or whether the Pro Max or just stick to the base 13 or 13 Mini. 
Um, I'm actually kind of surprised Apple even has the 13 mini. There are a lot of rumors that said Apple yeah. is going to kill off the mini line because the 12 mini didn't do well. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I mean, I think to me, the main reason I didn't get a, a mini was because the battery life isn't as good. Uh, so that like that does seem like a pretty good reason to at least get the 13 in my mind instead of the mini. I mean, I think the mini, again, it, it the mini to me, because basically all the features are the same. It comes down to battery life and screen size. It's for a very specific person. Mm-hmm. If you do not use your phone for a lot of work-related tasks and you really value portability. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, if yeah. you, I had, I saw somebody the other day who had a mini. It was like the one of the first times I've seen You're a like, mini in the wild. <laughs> it took me a while. Like, stared at it. It's nice. Like, it is a really nice phone, and I do appreciate how small it is in the <laughs> sense that, like, the screen is still very functional and usable, but it's so portable. Yeah. So if you're somebody who really values portability. I think it's worth it, and I think the battery life's good enough. Like, I think it'll get you through the day very comfortably. So I don't think you should avoid it, but I think most people will appreciate. I think that the Apple is right in, like, the 13 and 13 Pro, that that screen size is about the right size for most people. It's not too small. Like, the the trade-offs in portability versus usability are the right trade-offs for most people with the upgrade from the mini to the standard size. And then for a lot of people, the the 13 Pro Max is going to be too big. But if you like it, it's for you. But tell yeah. us, Donna, why? Because you went with the 13 instead of the Pro. Give yeah. us your thought process. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I didn't want to go the mini because of the battery life. But the 13, what, what my observation is, is that I do think that over time, Apple's has less differentiation between its standard products and its pro products. Like also Apple recently came out with the iPad air and the iPad mini that have a lot of the features that you get in the pro now for a cheaper price. And so the reason I went with the 13 is because I get a lot of the features I want. They have, it has the OLED display, which a while ago you, you would only get the OLED display with the pro line. Um, I mean, that started though last year with the 12 that you would get OLED and all of them. But anyways, I want the OLED display. I know that that matters to me. The camera features are exciting to me, but most of them you do get with a 13 actually. Like it's a dual lens system. So you don't get the telephoto lens. So the portrait mode might not be as good as you, as you get with the pro line, but you still have portrait mode. You still have um, the what are some of the f- the new features? I'm I'm remember I'm forgetting the the photographic scenes. That was one of them, um, which lets you apply the different filters to it. Uh, the cinematic mode is only in the pro line, but I don't feel like I'm going to use that that much. And you get most importantly, you get the chip. You get still get great battery life. You get the yeah, things that matter. Yeah, I'll have a better ba- better battery life than I'll have now. Um, and yeah, I feel like I've just been so bought into getting the pro every year. I was kind of curious too, to see like how I would do without having, you know, all of those features, but it really like the, it also has, uh, better sensors, lets in more light. Like, I feel like there's not that much I'm missing out on. I really think the main thing that I'm worried about is the promotion. Like, I think that like, if I, you know, in the office, I will check out other people's phones that have the pro line. And I'm curious if that'll be <laughs> like enough of a difference that I'll feel pinch. Can I tell you the other thing that kind of swayed me to the pro line as opposed to the 13? Sure. 
it's it's a the two camera versus three camera is actually a, a worse trade off than you would think in my opinion. Not not to, <laughs> no, no, you, know, it's you gotta fine. make your own. It's that they did. I wish they had the telephoto and not the wide angle. Because I find that I don't use the wide angle very much at all, but I use the telephoto a lot. So telephoto, just to back up, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, the telephoto zooms in, and the wide angle is, as it sounds like, a wider angle, but the wide angle distorts your photo. So there's certain situations where it's beautiful for landscape, but if you're taking a picture with a person in it, it really can distort it. But I find that I need the telephoto a lot. Like I'm very frequently trying to zoom in and I want the optical zoom and so the digital zoom. Mm. And so it's not like the two camera versus three is a bigger trade-off because of which two cameras they decided to include. Okay, I totally missed up, spoke by the way. With the iPhone 13, you do get the cinematic mode. Yeah, so I thought so. Yeah, I, I don't know. So. I de- like because I was gonna say when I was doing the calculation, I was like, "Oh, you get all the new camera features." Oh wait, but you're actually like, if you run a 12 Pro, you are losing some camera features by going to the 13, which is kind of why I was grilling you about like, really, you would tell people to get the 13 instead of the 12 Pro. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, like you said, the telephoto lens does have. There's a lot to be said for it. The 13 does have two times optical zoom, though, and then beyond that is digital. So you do get some of the optical zoom, okay. which is nice. Okay. Um, but yeah, you get this. You get the cinematic mode in video recording. You don't get the macro mode. Like so, macro photography, uh, you're missing out on. I mean, there are like apps and add-on accessories you can use for that. But at that point, especially accessories, if you're going to spend on that, you might as well spend the extra two hundred dollars. On the pro, <laughs> yeah. So the pro line, what is the optical zoom on the pro line? Then is it? It is. Uh, it depends on which one you have. If you have the pro max, it uh-huh. is um, three times. Okay. Zoom optical zoom, um, and if it is the pro, no, the pro max is six time optical zoom. Is it oh, the same? See, see, there's zoom, there's optical zoom, and then there's zoom range. Yeah. What the heck? So. Uh, Two times optical zoom out. That's the wide angle. You can go from oh. wide angle to a standard on the 13, but you cannot zoom in. And it looks like it's the same on the Pro and Pro Max. The It has the 6x optical zoom range. Um, see, this says zoom in. Three times zoom in. Sorry, we're like staring at the computer <laughs> pretty well. So the 13 Pro is three times zoom in, whereas the 13 has two times zoom out. So it's mm. the difference between a standard shot and a wide angle shot as opposed to st- for the pro it's standard wide angle but then you can also go from standard to three times zoom in. Gotcha. So okay. that's the thing that actually I feel like is a bigger deal than people appreciate the ability to have an optical zoom if you're trying to capture something that's a little far away uh that op- that three times optical zoom is really nice. It's true cuz like so many of you you can tell when a photo has been taken really zoomed in or cropped in um, on a camera that's not that nice and it's just super pixelated and looks like really junky. Yeah. So I'm still going to have to be careful about that. If I want to get a close-up <laughs> shot, I'm just going to have to move closer. It's something to be aware of. Yeah. So there, there are a few things that I'm missing out on, but wouldn't you agree though, David, overall that 
Apple is not differentiating its pro line as much as it used to from its standard. Line. I no, I do agree with that. And I I this was a weird decision for me because I wrestled with all three phones. Like normally I just like you're saying, I just choose between the pro or pro max and normally go with the pro. Uh but this time I wrestled with the thirteen, the thirteen pro and the thirteen max and I was like there's like a five hundred dollar range or something like that between all three. Yeah. I agree that they're not differentiating. And the fact that you and I, who cover this for a living, are really having to read the fine print. Not only are they not differentiating features, they don't do a good job of explaining the differences to people. Yeah. So the differences, I agree. Like, I didn't think were that big. And the like, obviously, cost was a factor in my choice in there because I was like, is it worth spending $1,000 or $1,100 on a phone as opposed to 800 And in this case, I decided no because I also want to get – I want to upgrade my Apple Watch this year. Yeah. And so I decided I'd rather get the 13, get most of what I want, and then also be able to get the Series 7 Apple Watch um, just for like a little bit more than if I was to get one of the more expensive phones. So That's I just wanted to make my money go further. So for me, that felt like the right choice this year. Also, um, the Pro and Pro Max now have higher storage options. I w- okay. But I was like, the base model storage is getting pretty good now. Like yeah. you can get, it's a 128, I believe, gigabytes base model. Yeah. So I'm like $800 for 128 gigabyte iPhone 13. Like I think that's enough for me. So that's what I bought. Um, and, and the base for all the line, all the phones starts at 128 now. But you could spend way more and get one terabyte of, you, of local storage, unle- which is yeah. wild. Unless you're doing a lot of either like raw photography using raw files, photography yeah. using raw files, or videos, you really don't need the terabyte. In my opinion, I also – so you went with the 128 gigabyte. I did. That Me too. And this yeah, again, again, who are you? Who am I? But that, but that was to me Apple's Because David's always saying – Spend more on more storage. You won't regret it. But 128 is a lot of storage. But can I anchor me? Because you and I have just known each other for <laughs> so long. When I started saying that, do you remember what the base 16 was? 16 gigabytes. Not even. It was 8 gigabytes. Wait, are you kidding You <laughs> had an 8 gigabyte phone, Donna. And I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? So, are you serious? Things have changed so much. It, okay, this was 8 years ago, by the way. <laughs> that is, I mean... That was a long time it ago. It was a long time ago, and therefore, I have not changed. Apple has changed my opinion because I always maintained you just need enough to comfortably have everything stored on your phone without having to manage it on yeah. a like daily basis. And to me, I did the 128 too because I looked at my phone. I last time splurged on the 250, the 256, and I was at using like 60 gigabytes. So like it's just yeah. Now I feel you can comfortably have a one a base model phone, and it stores enough, and that's the big difference. 128 is like just right, I think, because 64 right now I have a 64 gigabyte iPhone SE second generation, and I I got that as like a placeholder phone when I lost my phone in Mexico recently. So sad. Um, But I have noticed when I start getting close to the limit on local storage, my phone just goes haywire in general. Like like everything starts acting really glitchy. I don't know what's going on. It's not just the storage full notifications that are a pain. It's like your phone just malfunctions if you get close to the storage limit, in my experience. So, and then you can't do your software updates too. Like if you have those automatically turned on, they just won't happen until you have some storage space free. So I do think that your like your base advice is still really good. Like you want to have enough storage to comfortably use, or else your iPhone user experience is just not going to be very good. But I think 128 is enough. So now I get to get my iPhone 13. 
I'm going to get the Series 7 upgrade from the Series 4. I think there's like an it's the same kind of advice that I would give someone looking for a new iPhone. Like if you have one, a phone that's more than two years old, it's worth it because you're going to have enough changes that you'll love it. And I think the same holds true for the watch where it's like it's going to be uh, slimmer, bigger display, faster, like it has the fast charging now. So there are enough things put together where I was like, okay, I want this. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's again, it's sort of just what do you want to, the the watch is great. I just got the watch last year, which is why I didn't get the phone last year. So there's all these trade-offs. Yeah. Um, let me make one more point and then let's recap our advice to everybody. Okay. Because it, I started to make this point, but I want to flesh it out a little bit more. And that is thinking through your phone purchases, not only the upfront cost, but the value retained and the resale value, because it's the difference that you're really paying. The difference between what you buy it for and what you sell or trade it in for when you sell or trade it in. Uh, and most people don't think about that. So they're talking, most people, they think about, oh my gosh, it's a thousand dollar purchase, but the trade-in values iPhones in particular retain a lot of value. And I haven't had the chance to do the math on this. And I, I promise I want to do this math and come back in a future episode. But like, I actually don't know that an iPhone Pro or Pro Max is any more expensive than, a, than the base model when you factor that in because it retains value for trade-in. In particular this year, the trade-in values are really aggressive because all of the carriers are trying to convince people to switch to i5G, uh, 5G phone plans, which are a little bit more expensive. But if you like 5G, you want 5G, uh, the trade-ins are often, like I was shocked. I got, for my 11 Pro, which is a two-year-old phone, I got a thousand dollars. I basically got a free 13 Pro Are you serious? after two years. And so that's one of those things where, yes, if you have the 12 Pro, is the 13 Pro worth it? Maybe, maybe not. But call your carrier because it might cost you $100 to get a new phone with trade-in. And then you have to think through, okay, well, if you keep it another year. Call your year, carrier or, I was going to say, for me, I'd rather almost do anything than call my carrier. <laughs> Is there, like, another way to find out? You can look online, but I had to call. It was okay. really confusing. Okay. Like, I tried to do it online, and I caved and called. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I do want to encourage people to start thinking through the entire life cycle of a phone. Because yeah, point. it's often not that expensive to get a new phone because you're trading in. And so it's worth thinking that through. I will try to do that math for you guys and come back in a future episode because I think it's really interesting. And I don't have the answer whether 12 Pros retain – like the depreciation rates of devices is a kind of a complicated thing to figure out. But I'd be curious if in the end the Pro phones – my guess is that the Pro phones probably end up costing you the same amount as the non-Pro phones because the trade-in values are going to be less for the base models. So I don't know. I will report back, but it's worth thinking through what your personal trade-in value is on your phones and factoring that in. And factoring in that, yes, you might be getting a $1,000 phone, but that you're going to get $800 back on the back end or whatever it ends up being. I think that's a good uh, a good place to leave off. We can recap if you want what our, what our recommendations are for people. Let me recap very quickly. Okay. Number one. If you have an 11 or er earlier, or later, 11 or, or later, Bleh. if you have an 11 or older phone, let's okay, put it that yeah. way, we think it's worth it for you to upgrade. Number yes. two is if you have the 12 
line, we think that it's probably not worth it unless you get a good trade-in rate or you just are really excited about some of these new features. Number three, we think that the base storage works for most people now, which is a new revised recommendation that take a look at your storage, what you're currently using. But for most people, you can probably get away with 128 gigabytes of storage. Uh, and number four, we think within the 13 line, there's a case to be made for any of those phones. There is not a clear winner. It really comes down to use case. How'd I do? Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I think again, like within the 13 line, it's probably going to be the more rare person who we would say get the 13 mini. And really that's just if you love the small size, but you're yeah. going to, the battery life isn't as good. Uh, and then beyond that, I think if you really care about the camera and if you care about promotion, you're going to want to get a pro. But if you're wanting to spend a little less, get most of the features and either you just need to spend less or you also have other Apple products like the new iPad mini or Apple Watch Series 7 that you want to spend some money on, then maybe do that. <laughs> yeah. In the 13 as opposed to 13 Pro, is a great phone with most of the features. And that yeah. did not used to be the case. We used to never recommend getting that phone. Yeah. So I think you're safe to spend, save a little money, but also you will appreciate the features of the Pro line if you want it. Last piece of recommendation for you. If you're hearing us sit here and go over all the differences and all the features, it's a lot. I recommend going onto Apple's website, going onto the iPhone section of the website and there's a compare and mm -hmm. you can look up what phone you have what phone you thinking of getting and put a couple options in there and it just gives you line by line and this is where like apple in their marketing does not describe it well but where the rubber meets the road is that compare column in apple's website so i recommend checking that out before you make your purchase yeah, I'm also I'm going to link to that in the show notes as Good. well. I think that would be helpful for people. Uh, and just our question of the week I wanted to add in is which iPhone are you planning yeah. on buying? Maybe you already had a decision or this podcast hopefully helped you decide. <laughs> so email podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know which iPhone you're buying and why. Yes. Um, all right. So we – I had one last question for you. And I in general, I just don't think this matters very much. But which color did you end up getting for your iPhone? I got – you can see if you're watching, you can see it doesn't matter all. Is it the case. Sierra Blue? It's the Sierra Blue. I was going to say – like, I've off heard my case. I'll reviews show online it. were saying that it's like way more beautiful than you'd ever even imagine. I don't know. I think it's, it's nice. nice. Yeah. I like my, it. My, that was my reaction to Ah, it's nice. Yeah. But again – I have a phone case on all the time, so it which just we doesn't very much very recommend. Much. Yeah, design-wise, just like comparing it to older phones, the the camera is a lot more um, prominent looking. Yeah, and it's like a not, bigger. Not in a way that bothered me per se. No, no. Um, I I know. I wish I wish I did not have to have a case because it is a beautiful phone. It is. Okay, so um, I wanted to quickly just give a, a app and gear recommendation. I personally, I recently have tried out a smart air purifier. Oh, yeah. And like we just talked about, I have really bad allergies. Um, and I was doing a little more research about air purifiers and how great they are both to like if there's any odor in the air, if there's like pet odors or other odors, and then also just taking out any contaminants. I mean, having like good air to breathe is important for your health. And if you have allergies, it can get rid of things like dust and dander that mm -hmm. might be causing allergies. And there are a lot of cool like smart home built uh, air purifiers now. I don't know how to pronounce the brand here. It's L-E-V-O-I-T. 
Levoit? Levoit? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's the air purifier that I have, and it has an app called V-Sync, V-E-S-Y-N-C, that lets you control it. You can set up schedules so that it's running like when you're home and not when you're at work, and um, and you can control it from your phone, so that's nice to do Like if you want to turn it on while you're at work so that it's ready to go when you get home. And it gives you a little report on the air quality as well, which I like. Um, there are also things that you can have, like it can sense the air quality and turn on automatically oh, cool. based on that. So there are a lot of cool things about it. And I've just noticed that the, um, like I had had a funky smell a- in my room and, uh, and like it went away just like running it. Like, like, I, like it is, it's difference. crazy. Air purifiers really work. Yeah. yeah. And this one, I just think in gen- the setup was really easy too. some smart home products are so annoying to set up. They have to like run through your Wi-Fi router and they don't work right and whatever. But this was just a really seamless, easy setup too. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. I've got two really quick because we okay. have a long episode here. Yeah. The first one, because I promised I talked about Overcast again. Overcast has been my favorite podcast app for a long time that has some really cool benefits my favorite feature of theirs is that it has smart speeds so rather than like setting it at like 1.25 it go it like has some ai technology where it'll remove gaps so that if somebody's speaking slowly uh you turn this on and it still sounds natural but it shortens the length of the episode because it just removes all the long pauses <laughs> like that um And here's why I'm bringing it up, because I've talked about it a few times. The thing that's driven me crazy about it is that they do not – they had not had a widget. And since I was 14, I really wanted a widget for it because I just want to be able to have a quick shortcut to the podcast that I want. They finally, finally, finally added a widget. And so (laughs) now I'm ready to – because I actually – if you remember, I switched back to the podcast app because I wanted the widget – I couldn't deal. I went back to Overcast, and I've just been sad that they don't have a widget. So now Overcast has a widget, and I'm really happy about it. Awesome. My number two recommendation, because those a lot of you guys are getting phones, is here's the phone case, if those watching. I have a Nomad phone case on. I hate that I have to use a phone case at all, but I don't trust myself. But in general, um, I find phone cases, they're so ugly. They're just like this plastic bulk. And Nomad has a leather case and to me it makes my phone look nice at least the case looks visually appealing it's a really beautiful leather it's high quality it ages well so when you know even though it gets a little beat up it kind of looks distressed as opposed to just old and dirty Mm -hmm. um and i've used them for years i love them and it's uh i just like the premium leather and the fact that it looks nicer than a standard phone case full disclaimer they are an advertiser but like I said, I've used them for years, so this is not an advertisement for them. This is just my personal recommendation because it's what I use and love, and it was one of those situations, like we often do, where we go after the advertisers because we call them up and we say, hey, we love your product. You guys need to tell our audience about it. So you'll probably hear more about them, but this is not a paid segment. This is just me 
loving my Nomad case. And actually, a few people in the office, I've noticed, have been using them. Have you tried Nomad yet? I love Nomad. I have their um, Apple Watch band on. This is one of those instances of when we, like, when they became a sponsor of ours, so many people in the office were like, cool, because for years we've been... We love them. Yeah, enjoying their products a lot. At bef- so we've been recommending them long before they ever became a sponsor. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to clarify that, too. And in a couple episodes, we should do our buyer's guide issue for iPhone accessories, because we just are about to come out with our magazine buyer's guide so we've been testing a ton of products nomad is featured mm-hmm. in the issue well so that'll be good in, in addition to the upcoming buyer's guide i'm actually working on an article for the next issue which will be essential iphone 13 gear so mm-hmm. i have a lot of new gear coming up for you all especially I'm, I'm geeking out on magsafe gear so you didn't hear about them today but lots of magsafe recommendations coming up yeah, because you are you need to invest in a good case and a screen protector, especially if you're talking about like having uh, looking at the whole life cycle of your phone and yeah. its worth and value. It's only gonna <laughs> hold true if you don't crack the screen or ruin it. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to our insider section. All right. Insiders stick around. Everyone else, thank you so much for. Yeah. Tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to rate us on the app store. Give us a review. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye.